0: Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, coach, and spiritual daddy in
1: the Lord, John Opelouski. How are you this morning, John? Hey, Jim. I'm doing good. Uh, such a great time connecting with you prior to recording yeah. today. I didn't think we we're going to actually get to the recording because... <laughs> We spent so much time catching up and talking about life. But uh, yeah. it's good to be here with you today. I'm excited about uh, the episode today.
0: Same here. Yeah. I, I I think if there was like a behind the scenes, if we were to record our opening conversations, pe- people would realize, you know, that there's we're fighting the same battles that, that they're fighting. We're going through the same issues, great hopes and great disappointments and you know, challenges and relationships and all that yeah. stuff. But I think that's one of the things that makes the part we do record important is we're not we're not immune to these things. And one of the things we're going to talk about today in pod number one fifty five is when parishioners attack part one. And uh, obviously, there's a part one. There has to be a part two, which means there's a part three D where parishioners actually we wear special glasses and they jump off your video screen and attack you with vicious comments. That's that's what we're expecting next. So uh, introduce the thought to us when when parishioners attack part one.
1: Yeah. You know, Jim, I, I think this is true. No matter how great a leader you are, you're always going to have some people who don't like you yeah. uh, and uh, and who feel called of God to criticize you. <laughs> that's their yes. ministry. Yeah, the spiritual
0: um, gift of criticism at its that's best. That's <laughs> right. Uh, as,
1: a, as a young pastor, I, I, I was not prepared for that. You know, I, I, I didn't, we didn't have a dealing with knuckleheads class, at yeah. Oral Roberts University. Um, and so my early years as a staff pastor didn't actually, so e- that didn't even really prepare me, uh, for this subculture in a church that, that tends toward the negative. Um, I, I think being a youth pastor for eight years, in many ways, I was protected, you know, right. from right. Uh, being attacked by church members, but it all came to a head when I accepted the invitation to be a lead pastor. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I may have told this story before, Jim, but I, I want to just relay it again. Uh, one Sunday as a lead pastor, I'm I'm like 29 years old, and I'm on my way up to the platform to preach, and an eld- elderly lady in our church grabs my arm, and yeah. she's like in the second row, so everybody sees this going on. She grabs my arm, and she loudly scolded me yeah. for uh, not visiting her husband in the hospital earlier in the week. Yeah. Uh, and, Man, I was totally caught off guard by that, and I was embarrassed by it. And and I didn't have the time or even the words to explain to her. You know, I was sick all week, and I didn't want to finish your hubby off. That's why I wasn't. (laughs) That's why I wasn't up there. I I I hadn't developed that that skill, that leadership skill to deflect. You know, that verbal assault. And and I think about that incident many many times, Jim. And I think, wow. I could have just simply said, you know, this is not the time to talk about this and yeah. then offer to talk about it after the after the, the gathering. And that would have been fine. But, you know, as a 29 year old, I, I yeah. didn't have that that skill set. So what did I do? I absorbed her angry words. I, yeah. I, getting through that message was a struggle. Yeah. And I, I got out of church. I couldn't sleep that night. And the next couple nights, I couldn't sleep. I was obsessed about this incident, and yeah. you know, from her perspective, I understand, right? Her husband's in the hospital, um, but understand he didn't take the sting out of her words. And and no. so, I, I I don't know, Jim, you had any of that in your twenty seven plus? No, years? I I've had the privilege of
0: only pastoring nice people that think I'm awesome.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, every you know, it's funny. I I bet you every every church sound man every church janitor, every church staff, pastor, every church volunteer, we know who you're talking about. I mean, the, the names have been changed to protect the guilty, but, but we all know um, that, that attitude that, um, you know, I, I tied the good money in this church. When I say, I want to hear a hymn, bless God, I want to hear a hymn. And you're like, what? Where did that even come from? And you're right, there is no real preparation for that moment. And everybody's going to face that moment, or uh, even worse, not that moment, but that person so now we're yeah. writing our sermons, picking our songs, considering our, our choices with this person's voice playing constantly in the back of our head. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's, that's one of the reasons why they become people like that, I think, is because that, that forcefulness, that anger, that, you know, it gets them what they want. It's their mechanism to, to create leverage, to change the world in their direction. And I, I agree. I think having that moment, where you say, hey, this is not the time or the place. And I'll call you on Monday. I'll explain to you why. But in the meantime, you know, sit down and shut your pie hole because we're not, you know, this isn't about you. That, that's a hard conversation to have. And maybe I'm not good at it yet because I said pie hole in the sentence. But it, yes, everybody knows these people. Everybody knows these people. And God help you, if it's not these people, it's these, you know, this person, it's these people. It's this family that's connected to all these families or this elder that's connected to all these elders. Right. It, it gets far more complicated and, and far more draining
1: to have to right. deal with. And I think there's a so that's one example of many, right? Where yeah. uh, somebody who attends the church you lead comes after you. It could be it can be yeah. around a program. It can be around the Anything. music. It can be around yeah. the length of the service. It can be around you're yeah. not funny enough or you're too <laughs> you, you joke too much. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. And, and so I I have to believe that every leader who's listening or watching today has, has experience with this. yeah, And, and some have learned and developed this part of their life and have learned how to deal with that in a way that yeah. keeps them healthy. But I wonder, Jim, if there are some who are listening that would like some help, yeah, you know, developing. And that's really the spirit behind this today is, is just to offer some practical thoughts. And then and this one, uh, we'll, we'll kind of unpack two. And then in 156, we'll unpack two more. Um, so that sounds like a good plan. Love it.
0: Yeah. And it's funny. I jokingly called you daddy, you know, our, our coach mentor, daddy, but I mean, this, this really is, if I can just throw this in there, I was joking, but it, it it's, it's fatherly advice and I, I, we're not, we're not claiming to be anybody's father, but this is the advice we wish a spiritual father would have given us. When we were 29 or 39 or 49, right? The first time you're running this guy, this lady, this family, this leader, no matter how old you are, I wish someone would have said some of the things that you're about to say. So maybe it's that kind of conversation to leaders saying, listen, it's from our perspective, we understand what you're going through and you're going to be okay, but this is really going to help you expedite that process. It's good for you and it's good for those
1: people. That's right. So here's the first. Here's the first thing that we can do. I think we should do when parishioners attack Um, and that is to get in touch with the truth, get in touch with the truth. You know, most of the time, I think this is true, Jim, that when, when parishioners attack, it has to do with personal preference uh, and not principle, you know, not truth. Uh, But that being said, I think, I wish that somebody had told me as a 29-year-old leader, you know, John, when somebody does that, here's a good first step. And that is to ask yourself, is there any truth to what they said? Yeah. Get in touch with the truth. You know, they they may have packaged the words poorly, um, but maybe there's a kernel of truth somewhere in that verbal barrage that will be useful to you. Um, What do you think about that first one? Get in touch. Well, with
0: yeah, I, I know there's other parts of this too, because I've, I've read our, the, the notes he had prepared for this. I, I would so I'd say this though up front. I think it's very important to do that well. If you can't do it well by yourself, find someone who loves you yeah. and is honest to help you with that. Because if you're already feeling defeated and someone says you're a loser, it's pretty easy to believe. So the truth is, yeah, I'm a failure. The truth is, yeah, I didn't visit their husband. I'm a bad pastor. Like, well, that's not the truth. Someone who mm. loves you, who's not, whose goal is not to tear down somebody they're angry at or hurt with, but someone who loves you, that wants to build you up in the, in the truth. I, I think that that's an important, if, if you're secure enough and safe enough and healthy enough to do it yourself, sure. But if not, you may want to bring your spouse, you know, a best friend, right. uh, a consultant and to really analyze those words.
1: Yeah. You know, the, so, so when I think about that incident of the elderly lady yeah. on my yeah. way up to preach um, uh, here's the truth. I should have sent one of our leaders to visit her husband. Hmm. I should have done that, but for some unknown yeah. reason, that thought never crossed my mind. Right. And what I was able to extract out of that experience—now I wish I could have extracted it immediately. This yeah. this took a while. Um, yeah. Was this that I needed to share the ministry load? Right. I was, you know, I'm a 29 year old first time lead pastor. And I I have this unhealthy idea that I've got to I've got to respond to every need that presents itself right. uh, to right. me. You know, and, and so I think criticism can be actually a growth opportunity for us. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. God can use people. I, I learned a lot from professors who didn't always package the words right. (laughs) Right. You know, but they, they had something to say. They didn't say it the right way all the time. And I think my natural reaction, Jim, is when, when the, when the words come in a a wrong package to react, right. To, to get defensive, to, to totally dismiss what's being said. And I'm not sure that's a good strategy. I, I, I think I think when parishioners attack verbally, especially, I, I think maybe a better strategy is to extract the truth and then forget the rest, right? Yeah, right. What, what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I, if, I think that you're absolutely right in what you're saying, having the emotional maturity to be able to do that well. Um, is is a good a good exercise right a good strength to develop so once you calm down even just a dry erase board or write down what were the thoughts you didn't visit my husband you know you're a bad pastor or whatever i'm a bad pastor cross that out i'm not a bad pastor i had a bad week i was sick you know but i didn't visit her husband so how can we strengthen the ministry portfolio of our church to include when i'm sick or i can't do it or there's too many of them for as many as there are of me uh to develop those ministries I, i think that's a good exercise i think I think there are enemies. I want to say this the right way. There, a wounded sheep and a wolf have a lot in common. Mm. You know, they, they, they both attack, they both bite. Um, They both got blood on them. You know, one is your blood. One is the wounded sheep is is their blood. It's hard to know the difference is what I'm saying between a wounded sheep and someone who's just trying to destroy you. And they, they both sit in congregations every Sunday. And, and so to, to discern is, is this, is this an attack of the enemy? Is this a wounded sheep? Those are two completely different responses. Right. And and, I also think it's true. It's it's strange. I'm going to just contradict what I just said in some ways, but your enemies will be honest with you in a way your friends will not because they're, they're Mm -hmm. trying to destroy you, but they're trying to destroy you with what is true. You know, they'd rather destroy you with the truth than a lie because you didn't refute a lie. So you're a bad pastor may or may not be true, but you didn't visit my husband is true. I I think what you had was a wounded sheep and she's acting a little bit wolf like. And so you, you heal the wounded and you, you cure the problem, you protect the sheep, or you grab a stick and you, you knock a wolf's head off. I mean, those are, you got to know, right. You got to know what you're dealing yeah. with because a wolf right. comes to steal, kill and destroy. And a wounded sheep is just hurt, you know, and right. and you probably didn't do the hurting. She was probably disappointed with the last 10 people she called pastor. And, and she's just venting the last nine failures onto the, the young man that's right. in front of her, you know? So it's, I, I think, I think the Assessing what's true is this is a great first step, and yeah. and to make sure that you can do that honestly, in a way that isn't self defeating. Don't re don't repeat the accusations of the enemy, you know. But 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 find what is true is is a brilliant first step. Yeah,
1: and and I think the last comments you just made, Jim, about wounded sheep versus a wolf, really yeah. kind of lead into the next, the next uh, uh, behavior, the next response that I we would encourage a leader yeah. who feels that they're under attack to to take and that is to get in touch with why. Yeah. You know, sometimes church members attack out of fear.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, the fear of change, the fear of losing control, yeah. uh, uh amazingly, the fear of success even.
0: Yeah.
1: Um sometimes people attack out of ignorance. And, and I think in those cases, it's so important to try your best to be understanding. Yeah. In those cases, not everybody who attacks is of the devil. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to be yeah. branded. Yeah. I think sometimes people voice criticism. And, and if we could look beyond that for a moment. And see, are they in pain? Yeah. Are what are they afraid of? And maybe that's a good question to ask somebody. Yeah. You know, what are you afraid of? Right. Um, and 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 learning how to speak to that compassionately and intelligently, maybe maybe that will actually diffuse. Yeah. Right. The situation. Um, am I? Am I? Polishing that up too much, or no, does that, I, I, what does that sound think, like to you? As yeah, I say that,
0: I'm curious. A, a gentle answer, right? A gentle answer turns away wrath. So, understand. Let's understand anger for a second. Anger is not a primary emotion; it's a secondary emotion. I was mm-hmm. afraid. I felt powerless, so I, I wanted to be more powerful than what was scaring me. So I became angry to overcome right. what scared me. I was jealous, and I felt powerless, so I became angry to bring out. You know, I was. I felt neglected, so I became angry. So Mm -hmm. anger is what we reach to when we feel powerless. So finding out what is it that's making us feel powerless is the key to resolving that anger. So a gentle answer, like you're saying, can I ask you a question? You really went after me moments before I walked up on the platform. You weren't thinking about anybody else in that room. And I know you, you're, you're not like that. You're a sweet old broad, a lady, Mm -hmm. a woman, you know what I mean? So why, why are you behaving? You know, what, what's really going on here, sweetie. And I think that gentle answer, you know, what's really going on here is I'm afraid of losing him and no one else Seems to be afraid of that. But if he dies, I lose everything. And I needed my pastor and I needed, you know. Oh, I'm so yeah. sorry you felt that way. And I, what I was trying to do is, you know, not get him sicker because I was sick. And, you know, that I think I think now you've won you've won your sister over. Right. You know, but you got to get to the root of it. Like you're saying, she was actually afraid. Right. And, and that understanding anger is not ever anger. Anger is something else that became anger. Yeah. Uh, it really will help us because that. You know, I, I'm, I'm as religious as anybody else. What I mean by that is my, my religious tendencies quickly become my religious dependencies. So I, I want that person to lead that song. Yeah, I want Darling Check to sing Shout to the Lord. No one else can sing it like her. So I want her to sing it. You know, that kind of thing. Well, I yeah. don't realize it's the quality of worship is secondary to the quality of the worshiper. I, I'm, I'm an inferior worshiper because I need this environment in order to worship. So if you ruin my environment, I come after you because why is that person not leading worship anymore? I liked it better when they led or, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's selfish preferences, but we, we are a, by nature, very selfish people. And when someone messes with my religion, they, they get an angry person, you know? And and so we're we're here to serve. I, I, something that's really helped me, John, I'll, I'll let you conclude the thought here, but I, I, as a pastor, it's really important that I am everybody's servant, but that I only have one master and right. everybody's servant, but I only have one master. And so at the end of the day, if God's happy with the choices I've made, then I'm I'm probably doing pretty well. At the end of the day, if everybody's happy with me, but God doesn't want to call me son anymore. I, um, um, there's not going to be grace on that in the long haul. So that'd be my thought is find out why they're angry. And remember you have one master and, but you are their servant, but right. you only have one master.
1: And I think, I think sometimes we'll be surprised what we learn. Yeah. Uh, when we ask that question. Now that being said, there are a few who attack just because they're mean. Yeah. Yes. And and they they want to hurt you. I don't understand that. Um, that group I've never understood that group, Jim. Yeah. Uh, because Christians aren't supposed to behave that way. Yeah. Uh, and if that's so, that's a wolf, right? That's not a wounded yeah. sheep in my mind. Yeah. You know, somebody who's just out to destroy you—that's yeah. a wolf. And, yeah. and I think it's a different, there is a different uh, approach yes. to dealing with them. Uh, you know, so if you ask the, you know, the question and it becomes apparent over time that this person has no interest in, in really tapping into the real root of their anger, they just want to make your life terrible. Right. Um, I, I I think that we're going to deal with those people Uh only when necessary and refuse yeah. to take the bait and get into a battle with them. You know, we've yeah. had conversations, we've had pastors who have come to us and said, there is a board member who yeah. it doesn't matter what I do. I mean, he's on me, he's on me, he's fighting. And yeah. I've tried every way I know to get yeah. him to tell me what's really going on there. And I said, well, what about this? This has been going on for a long time. Why are you asking this? Am I your pastor? Right. And if he says no, and say, you know what? Life's too short for yeah. you to be part of a church where you can't call the pastor your pastor. Go find a church where you can find where you can call that leader your pastor. Yeah. That conversation actually happened. Yeah. I had my- it. With one of our clients, that conversation yeah. actually happened, yeah. and and the board member said, "You're not my pastor."
0: Yeah,
1: and I said, "Good." Yeah. Now, now it now there's clarity, right? And so right. that board member resigned, right. left, found a church where he could yeah. actually call the pastor his pastor, and our yeah. pat, and our client was able to move forward without yes. having to deal with the. Never-ending drumbeat right of that man's criticism in yeah. their life. I
0: that's when I had that conversation about a year into being here and uh, 26 years ago now. And I, I I said it privately and publicly: if I'm not your pastor and this isn't the vision that you have in your heart, then this is no longer your church. And I'm okay with that. Like, let's 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 admit that. Let's admit that we mm-hmm. don't all go to the same church our entire lives and have the same pastor our entire lives. There's been a a drastic change in the culture of our church. When I came in and the age and the experience and the traditions and the values, those have all changed. So if I'm not your pastor, I, I, accept that. I, and I, and I love you and I release you with joy into whatever God wants for you. But if I'm not your pastor, then this is no longer your church. Let's, let's be honest with each other because you're, you're not trying to kill me, but you are. And I'm not trying to kill you, but I am. Let's, let's admit the fact that things have changed and it's okay to change with them. And, and it was, I I've learned, I think I've said this before, but you can say just about any mean thing with a smile on your face and it comes out kind. You know, if you say, if I'm not your pastor, then this is not your church. That that won't help anybody that people dig in their heels, but you say, listen, I, I love you. But if I'm not your pastor, then let's be honest, this isn't your church and that's okay. You know? I've also and, conceded and, i I may not be the smartest. I may not be the most whatever. I may not be the most agreed, but the one thing that does set me apart is is I am the pastor, which means before God, I have a different set of responsibilities than you do. I have to do before God what I believe is right. I don't have the luxury of compromising those things. so right. if, if if we're not going where you want to go or I'm not the guy to lead you there, God bless you. I love you i I'm not here to hurt you or hinder you, you know, but this isn't the place for you anymore and
1: right, you know, and I yeah. love the tone. I, I, I love the yeah. tone of that. I love the context of that. And that's, and, and I want our, our listeners and watchers to hear that, yeah. right? We're, we're not suggesting that you go off on people. Yeah. No, no, no. you do. This has to be done with a pastoral flair. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, but it has to be done. So yeah. So, Jim, when parishioners attack I want to encourage our listeners, because I know we're butting up against time here. Yeah. Uh, I want our listeners and watchers to let these first two behaviors guide their response. You know, yeah. get in touch with the truth and try to get in touch with why. Yeah. You'll be, you'll be healthier. Yep. Happy, happier. Yep. And, and I think you might even find yourself thriving yeah. in the face of criticism. I think it will actually, it can actually help you grow. Yeah, these two simple behaviors. Now, in in the next pod, we'll unpack two more, uh, and that I think hopefully will give a nice, well-rounded discussion around this most common problem that pastors face.
0: Right on, right on. Well, John, thank you for your wisdom. I, I know that this comes from both your personal experience, but also the experience of hundreds of people that have said, I'm, I, my, my church is deacon possessed. You know what I mean? Or, or I have, I have a, there's this one family or there's this one person. And, and, you know, it's funny how 5% of the people we serve can become 80% of the energy that we put into uh, a distraction. And so the courage and the wisdom to deal with this, I think, I think the courage comes from the wisdom. So thanks for sharing what works, what's biblical uh, what's right, and and if and if some of them are to say, I think this is what I want to do, but I'm lacking the courage. I have found that that another voice, a confirming voice, may be helpful. Do you, do you agree with that? The people sometimes 100%. have a plan to deal with it. They they just need you, they need someone else they respect. So if if we were to have this conversation with you, what's the best way to get a hold of you to spend some time and talk about this?
1: Yeah, and I would say um, anybody on our team can have this conversation yeah. with. with with somebody who needs help. The best way is to reach out to us at our website, ConvergeCoach.com. Click the contact us link. you fill out a little form and that it gives you 30 minutes with somebody on our team for free. And uh, yeah. we'll sit and listen and maybe maybe that's all you'll need is 30 minutes yeah. and, and yeah. you'll be fine. But uh, you may de- you may decide at that point, wow, I'd like to spend a few sessions with you. And then we could talk with you about what that looks like. But that's the best way. It's real simple. Yeah
0: good. All right. Well, God bless you, dear listeners and watchers. We're here for you. Um, We we love what you're doing and we love being a part of it. So if we can help any way, let us know. In the meantime, God bless you. It's Tuesday. You haven't quit. You're still in the game. So keep going and have a great week as you continue to lead from the line.